0: Hello fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So let's get into an article from the Wall Street Journal that shows us the truth about what Bidenomics is doing to the American economy. We're going to go right over there. And unfortunately we don't have Josh this morning. It is true. He just texted me and he told me that he is being interviewed Whoa, whoa. Josh, (laughs) moving up in the world, huh? Pretty fancy, pretty fancy. Look what happens when you come on the Rebel Capitalist channel all the time. My goodness gracious, being interviewed right now, VIP status in the macro world. All right, let's shoot over to this Wall Street Journal. Article here, we've got the screen. i got to do this all my all by myself now. My goodness gracious, what is this world coming to? Okay, here we go. Now let me scroll down here, see if I can do both jobs while Josh is off being a big shot. Wall Street Journal, how U.S. household goods got turned upside down. Household goods. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's early in the morning. How U.S. households got turned upside down. Why higher interest rates? I just scanned this article and these charts are absolutely fantastic. So you're going to want to watch this till the end of the video. It's just some jaw dropping stats here. First and foremost, share of annual income needed to cover housing costs. I mean, going back forever, you take a personal finance class in high school. It's always 30%, right? That should be at the max 30% of your budgeting now. Oh, great. We're up to 40% over. Yeah. Now, excuse me, 43%. Okay. Let's keep moving down the the article. And so this is something that I talk about all the time. This is a fantastic visualization. You guys hear me just pound the table about nominal wages versus real wages. And if you look at real wages, purchasing power, especially over the last year and a half has gone way down way down. So then you have to ask the question, if the economy that we see right now is built on demand from all of this, the green right here. So that would be lack of payments and additional income through PPP, Stimmy, basically government economic distortions. Okay. So the economy that we had was built on this artificial sugar rush. Michael Burry calls it the bullwhip effect. But then- we start to see the results. You have inflation that far exceeds the rate of nominal wage growth. So it is true. You got a break right here as far as if you're the consumer, although the government locked you in a cage. So trade-offs, right? But then once you got out of your cage, then you found that prices just kept going up and up and up and up a lot faster than your wages. So from right here, your purchasing power, call it, 20 uh 2021 your purchasing power has plummeted absolutely plummeted so but fortunately you had additional savings but what's happening now the additional savings is coming back down to goose egg zero where it was in 2019 and now you have all your payments coming back you see how this creates a a perfect storm if you're the average joe the average jane the average consumer, which represents 70% of the U.S. economy. But we're not done. Oh, I didn't even know this was the next chart. (laughs) Okay, this works well. Excess savings (laughs) by disposable income level. So what is happening to the excess savings now? Down, 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 down. Every single quarter, it goes further down. So again, you have to ask yourself, Okay, if purchasing power has plummeted over the past year and a half, what happens when the savings is bye-bye? Employment by select industry, percentage change since January of 2022. Now, this is fascinating. Remember yesterday, we talked about the real estate market, and I said just because housing prices are high, that might be good for, although they're coming down, that might be good if you bought a house, In 2020, but that doesn't mean that the real estate industry as a whole is doing well. Look at all these real estate agents; they can barely make ends meet, and this chart illustrates this perfectly. So, construction, non-residential, this is probably for warehouses, uh, storage space. Uh, This is what I would assume, Uh, or actually, you know, the reason this is probably up is from that infrastructure bill that Biden passed. The inflation reduction act and you can see how much this is helping the american consumer here just by going through these charts going back to the bidenomics so biden takes all this funny money throws it out there into the economy creates all these economic distortions we know that that's going to create malinvestment and a misallocation of resources that's basic stuff but but look at what what is happening to the representation of the real estate industry not just home prices Excluding what's going on with the Inflation Reduction Act. Mortgage, non-mortgage loan brokers down 9%. Wow, I didn't know that was non-mortgage loan brokers as well. Mm. So this goes right back to what we were talking about yesterday with Snyder and Kenny McElroy. If you didn't watch that video, it's it's a must-watch. If you want to understand how the banking system is tightening credit and how that leads to what Snyder would call deflationary money, you've got to watch that video. Okay. Getting on to the next chart here. Average monthly car payment, new car loan, used car loan. Hmm. So if Josh wasn't off being a big shot right now, I would ask him. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm, I'm actually really, really proud of him. I'm just giving him a hard time. This is kind of what we do here. So if we look at this chart, we can see the direction that car payments are going, but, let's not forget. In fact, let me just go up and review this first chart. So let me think about this here. Housing cost is occupying a greater and greater percentage of annual income. Okay, got it. So other than taxes, what's and, and divorce, if you're a guy, sorry ladies had to get that one in there (laughs) what is your other largest expense other than housing it's going to be your car payment okay so let's just go right back down to that chart and look at what is happening to car payments up 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 new car payment back in 2019 let's say average 555 bucks now geez 728 let's look at used car Prior to the surveys of sickness, three hundred ninety-one. Now, five hundred and thirty. So, I mean, this is an so so. Think about this: the the consumer, the average American, is just getting squeezed from every single angle. I mean, you've got to imagine that they're pretty much at their breaking point, as far as collectively. You can understand now why that song from Oliver Anthony. I think it was uh, Richmond, North of Richmond. You can understand now why that was so darn popular. You, you've got all these elite on the coasts in New York City in California that uh, are, are the what I would call the grifters, and they're the people that are just not really producing anything. They're just they're they're insiders. They've got graft, as Ayn Rand would call it, and this is how they make their money: just by pull or who they know, and then just by selling. Um, favors, you know, they sit there and their personal economy is booming, but what they don't understand is everything, I guess, flyover country, what you'd call it. They're, they're really hurting right now. And this, these charts from wall street journal, just give us a perfect visual representation of that. Let's keep going. And this is the the chart that we use for the, the thumbnail. And I said, misery index, because you guys remember that from the 1970s. That was just basically a combination of the unemployment rate with the rate of inflation. And what that told you is how the consumer was really being pinched. And I think you could pretty much say that about every single one of these charts about this entire fantastic, by the way, article from the Wall Street Journal. Look at this average credit card debt. And their starting point is just before the Cerveza sickness, And this is according to Credit Karma. Again, this is not the—we're not getting this from Alex Jones. And and I—not this is not to pick on Alex Jones, by the way. I just always—I think, you know, uh, there's—I think Alex Jones uh, deserves. Well, I won't go into my views of Alex Jones. I think that uh, there's a lot of merit to what he does and what he's done in the past. Uh, Some things I might not agree with but uh I, I think he's put himself out there, and for that, I've got a lot of respect for him uh again, don't agree with him on everything but the reason I use him is because he is kind of like what the the the, the default for a conspiracy theorist although a lot of what he has said has come true so let's give credit where credit is due right but I just use him as kind of like a proxy so you guys get that so Alex, if you're watching no offense buddy. <laughs> This is straight from Credit Karma. And we see that during the Cerveza sickness, as you would imagine, credit card debt went down because people weren't really spending. They're getting all their Stimi checks. But then once those Stimi checks ran out, look at what happens to credit card debt. So, And they broke it down by two groups that have student loan payments. One group that was delinquent on their student loan payments prior to the Cerveza sickness and the other group that was current on their payments. But both... Groups have just gotten crushed. Look at this. For the one group that was delinquent prior to the survey sickness, their credit, their average credit card debt is almost 80% higher than what it was just three years ago. Almost 80% higher. I mean, that is complete banana. And then look at this. The people that were current, almost 60% higher. And what the article points out is that these people are the ones that are going to have to start paying an additional four hundred dollars a month, which is the average student loan payment, starting when October next month, while at the same time their cost of housing has gone from thirty percent of their income up to forty percent, and the cost of a car has gone up by two or three hundred dollars a month. I mean, at the end of the day, and again, these 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 iron Rand, uh, you know, Atlas shrugged political types that are on the the coasts that don't, they just can't process this. They don't get it. They think that, like we said yesterday on that housing video, that the consumer, the average Joe and Jane, they're not constrained by income. Yeah, they are. And $400 here, $300 over here, and higher rents and higher carpet, that, that, that takes the average American, from being fine financially and being able to sleep at night to holy crap, how am I going to put food on the table? I might be homeless in six months. that That's the tightrope that we're walking here. And most of you guys know this. I mean, let's go back to some of the videos we've done over the past two, two weeks. 61% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. You say, Oh George, well that's just uh, you know, the, the, the super poor people and, and, maybe lower middle class. No, 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 no. Remember that story that we, uh, I think I went over these stats a couple times. because so I remember them right off the top of my head. Remember 45% of Americans that make over $100,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. So if you're making a hundred grand a year and you fall into that category, you, you cannot afford an extra $400 a month student loan payment. You can't afford for your housing costs to occupy another... 10% of your income, you can't you can't even afford for your car payment to go up by two or three hundred dollars a month. And that's if you're making hundred grand, that's half the people that are making a hundred grand a year. And this is exactly what you would expect. Consumers who took out short-term loan for the first time in at least a year, skyrocketing. And it's and I didn't go into the I briefly scanned the article like I said earlier, and they're talking about the amount of American uh, amount of Americans that are taking out uh, this buy now, pay later type of credit, that's skyrocketing. While at the same time, Americans need more and more credit just to get by and make ends meet, they're finding it harder and harder to get that credit. Going back to the deflationary money and the tight money, the tight credit that we went over yesterday with Snyder and Kenny McElroy. Look at this. What households say about obtaining credit now versus versus a year ago? Just one year ago. So over half say that it is somewhat harder or much harder. Okay, and everyone, you know, their, their rebuttal is always, well, George, this doesn't matter because the Fed's just going to drop rates and everything's going to be hunky-dory. No, 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 no. If the Fed drops rates, they're going to be dropping rates because we're going into recession, in which case the people that think that credit is hard to get now if we go into a recession, I don't care what interest rates are. It's going to be impossible for them to get credit. So there you go. All data points. Those are not my opinion. It's just that that's not George Gammon being a fearmonger or wearing the tinfoil hat. Those are the facts straight from the Wall Street Journal. You can see what, and I blame Biden and, and you know, does he really have a, you know, he's just a puppet for heaven's sakes. We all know that. So it's the policies that these people are pushing that are, that are doing this. But all the politicians should get equal blame for this, for heaven's sakes. Let's be honest. It, it, it wasn't just Joe Biden who locked you in a cage. It was Donald Trump. You know, I know there's a lot of big Trump fans. Okay, well, let's be honest here. He was the one that was pushing for a vaccine, for heaven's sakes. He was the one that did all the stimmy checks. Not all, but a lot of these stimmy checks. That was Trump. And then Biden just exacerbated the problem, and I would say it's probably even worse than Trump, but they're all terrible. I mean, let's just <laughs> let's call a spade a spade here. And unfortunately, their solution to the next problem is going to be more and more government, which is going to make the economy worse and worse for the average Joe and Jane. All right, Josh, uh, Josh is back. He's gracing us with his presence. Josh, how was your interview? (laughs) It was good. (laughs) Oh, he's wearing a collared shirt. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was very professional. You do not get this kind of professionalism on the Rebel Capitalist channel. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, we're going to have to go off the air right now because I've got to get a download from Josh (laughs) here. I know most of you are going to want his autograph here uh, pretty soon, next time you see him. So, Josh, get ready. Start practicing that handwriting. Uh, there'll be a playlist above my head and uh, I think we'll see you guys on the next one. <laughs> well, it'll be a play. Now, listen, Josh, you got to end better than that. You're, you're moving up in the, and yeah. the, with your social status here. So you've got to end, uh, do, do an ending here for, for everyone. You've got Thank you got to practice. Rebel Capitalist. Uh, make sure you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see, we'll you, on the see you on the next one. All right, guys, have a good one.